morning and welcome to Let's Talk Wyoming. I'm Mark Hamilton, your host, and today we'll be taking a look at the weather and the great die-out. We'll look at Wyoming legislative happenings. We'll look at sports and a superfan. And finally, we'll take a look at the food and medicine of territorial Wyoming. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy the show. Taking a look at Wyoming weather here on the Martin Luther King Day, where weather, when we talk about weather, I always say that everyone in Wyoming is amateur meteorologist. And last week's show, I remember talking about we were going to get a little snow during the week. Nothing of any concern. And guess what? Like all weathermen, a little bit wrong. We had a major snow event here in Hot Springs County. We got about eight inches of very wet, wet snow. There's a lot of issues. Got that snow taken and pushed. It was rather hard to get it moved around because it was pretty wet and heavy. Got the snow taken care of. And then we ended up with some gale force winds on Friday. And boy, everything drifted in in the area. And here in northern Wyoming, we get all of our mail comes from Casper up through the area of Shoshone and to other points north, uh, Thermopolis, Whirlin, and so forth and so on. The road was closed. Picks across Waltman to Casper was closed due to the snow and the high winds. When those high winds, they blow across there and just cover that road with ice and, and drift it up. And it is just a mess across there. So we didn't have mail for a few days, and but we did have a rather a big weather event. So here on the 16th, it's definitely sunny out. Looks like we have another little storms coming up in the week. And of course, they're talking maybe a 40% chance of snow. So who knows, we could get a big snow. So that's what we do here in Wyoming. Again, daily we talk about the weather. We all kind of try to protect the weather. But right now, we're enjoying here on the 16th of January. It's 32 degrees and sunny out. And I guess it's just one day closer to spring. And looking back in history... We had the here in the Great Plains and it affected Wyoming the years of 1886 through 87. We had the Great Die-Up, which affected the northern plains and it just absolutely devastated the cattle industry. And reading from the American Cowboy, by the early 1880s, the large stock growers of Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, and the Dakotas were certain of one thing, an unlimited and fenceless expanse of grazing land for their large herds. With an estimated 5.7 million head of cattle driven to market or the northern grasslands in the last two decades leading up to 86, the proverbial golden goose was alive and honking on the northern range. The dangers of overgrazing and the need for a supplementing feeding were as yet unappreciated concept, but that was about to change. After several seasons of mild winters, gentle spring rains, tall grass, and flowing streams, a sudden combination of a rainless spring and scorching hot summers dried up the water sources, burnt much of the grass to the root, and left the entire region in a severe drought. By winter, millions of heads of cattle were suffering badly and no condition to weather a harsh winter. In November of 1886, it started to snow, and it kept snowing. With a blizzard ringing in the new year, it dropped over a foot and a half of snow across the entire region and carried with it gale force winds and temperatures that plummeted to 50 degrees below zero. Then things got worse. Rain fell, followed by a freeze, virtually sealing the little grass there was beneath a thick layer of snow and impenetrable ice. 
Cattle died of exposure and starvation, their frozen carcasses littering the plains and filling the draws. Hardly any of the cattlemen, many of them who were absentee owners living as far away as Scotland and England, had possessed the foresight to put in a store of hay against such a disaster. It has been estimated that at least 90% of the cattle on the northern ranges perished. When spring brought the thaw, it revealed millions of dead cows dotting the plains to the horizon, damming the rivers and streams and raising a stench that was smelled over thousands of square miles with an unimaginable throat-closing intensity. And it's rather amazing when you hear this that with about our winters, but again, we've talked about the blizzard of 49 and what it did to our area. But at that time, as you notice, we were farther along. We had the ability to haul hay. We were in a little different situation. These early storms, as it said, they had some really peak years, didn't have some really open winters, didn't worry about this. And finally, the storms came through and it affected the cattle business for years after. Today in our Wyoming political section, we're going to talk about political happenings and our legislature is in full session and just want to talk about just a few of the bills that are following. We have quite a few. I think one that came up that I saw that was just defeated was House Bill Number 6 and that defeated the bill that would prevent uh, ballot inspection and I think that was really good. I know Chuck Gray, our Secretary of State, was one of the people that talked out about that but what the bill was going to do is let People would not be allowed to inspect their own ballots. I think that was not going to, wasn't, wasn't a, a bill that was going to pass. I think there was a lot of problems with it. So House Bill 6 was defeated. Also, we had the House Bill 87, which was brought forward by Jeanette Ward, a Republican of Casper. And this related to the issue with the books in these high school libraries and the ones that were referred to as the gender queer and the trans bodies that provided a lot of talk back and forth. A lot of people have put their, we would say here, two cents worth in. We'll see how that goes through, Uh, but Bill, House Bill 87. Another one was a Bill, House Bill 88, which was for no foreign ownership of agricultural lands in Wyoming. And this is kind of what you're seeing on the national level. There's been a lot of comments about the Chinese owning lands in a lot of uh, parts of the United States. They were looking at some land up in North Dakota near a military base, but we're getting in front of that. So another bill that definitely is Wyoming strong was House Bill 95, it protecting rodeos. More or less, the issue has come up in California and places about potential cruelty to animals to outlaw rodeos. And this was introduced by Rachel Rodriguez-Williams, a Republican from Cody. And rodeos are the lifeblood of Cody, Wyoming. If you've ever been up here in, in the summer months, the Cody Night Rodeo, it's a big draw for everyone. And if something happened where you couldn't have rodeos, we're outlawed to have a major impact on our state. So good move by uh, Wyoming, and I hope that, that that does pass, and I think it should. I think that we won't have much of a problem. And also, we have a bill, Senate Bill 111, Child Abuse and Change of Sex. This is back to the transgender and this gender surgery that it's going to be against the law to be performed for minors here in the state of Wyoming. And I think that is a good move. I'm firmly behind that. Again, I'm from Wyoming, and as I always say on my podcast, I'm on that 
leaning on that right side of the fence, and this one's a big one for me. The kids are always the ones that I'm interested in protecting, and I think this is something I've talked to many people about this. I think people have the right when they get to be 18 years of age, they can do whatever they want. I think this is important that we get this passed, and it's part of our state, and I just uh, hope that we get through that. So the other one that was rather interesting was a resolution that's being passed through phasing out electric vehicles by 2035. This resolution brought a lot of national attention to the state of Wyoming. A lot of people were noticing this and taking notice of this. It ultimately did not pass through the committee or out of committee in a five to four vote. So that's just where it's set. But again, it's just a way of standing behind our oil and gas workers here in the state of Wyoming and um, letting the country know. And I guess A lot of people in the country may have taken notice, and again, I saw Senator Cooper make the point that it got people talking, so that is a good point. And again, Wyoming had 10 minutes of fame, but it's all over now. We'll move on with a new agenda, and we'll keep uh, up to date throughout the legislative session on what's happening with our Wyoming legislature. And finally today, in Wyoming sports, the Wyoming Cowboys are continuing their struggles. They lost again to Boise State Saturday night late at the Dome of Doom. Not much doom going on in the Dome this year. It's been rather kind of a quiet place. The Cowboys are, again, I think seven in a row, and it doesn't look very positive going forward with their injuries. And where they are in the league right now, they definitely have got some issues they have to take care of. And it's really a sad situation. There's a lot of high hopes for the Wyoming Cowboys going this year. Cowgirls are playing well. They uh, are doing well. They have some great players. I expect uh, maybe we'll see a postseason run in the Mountain West Conference for the Cowgirls. High school sports here in the state of Wyoming. Basketball, wrestling, and indoor track has started. But the basketball is right now at the point of finishing up their, all these preseason tournaments. And they're really going to get into conference play now heading towards later on in February, and we'll start seeing our regional tournaments. We had a tournament here in Hot Springs County over the weekend. It was the Bighorn Basin Classic. On the girls' side, use uh, here in Thermopolis and Worland as the two sites. Teams play at both those sites, and then Saturday afternoon late, we had a championship game. The winner from each site uh, comes here to Thermopolis in the championship game. Powell Lady Panthers and the Level Lady Bulldogs Went toe-to-toe, and actually Lovell came out. It was kind of a surprise, but Lovell came out and won the 2023 Bighorn Basin Classic. One of the highlights for me of the weekend, I do the public address announcing for the school district here. And the highlight, you always get a good view from the scorer's table and the fans and what's going on with the games. But our Hot Springs County Lady Bobcat team, we had a super fan at the game. A young lad in a grade school age that every time there was a timeout, he had the bobcat flag and he would run down the court to the other end and then run all the way back in front of all the fans on the far side of the gymnasium. And he managed to do that all game long in some of the earlier games when the bobcats were playing. It's rather good to see these young people uh, getting involved with the game and really having an interest and excited about what was going out on the floor and just wanting to be part of that action. I had an opportunity to talk to the young man before the uh, game on Saturday, and rather interesting. 
I asked him how many times he ran up and down the floor, and he thought six, and I think he probably lapsed that probably two times over during the games. And again, he came back on Saturday and was back at it again. Just an overall, just outstanding week of basketball weekend, I should say. And again, we continue on with the high school sports here in the state of Wyoming. And as always say, get out and support your local teams. And maybe you can be that super fan for your team. Taking a look at Wyoming history, reading from the history of Wyoming from T.A. Larson. And I found this rather interesting. And it's in the section on territorial life. They're talking about the food of the time. And most of the pioneers in Wyoming ate simple food. In 1862, Lieutenant Casper Collins was amused to see Jim Bridger cooking his supper. Old Gabe placed a whole jackrabbit and an 18-inch trout on two sticks before the fire. When they were done, he devoured them both without benefit of salt or other seasoning, washing them down with a quart of strong coffee. Bridger's fare may be representative for the mountain men, but a decade or two later, there was a greater variety. W.O. Owens recalls a typical meal of the 1870s. Boiled potatoes, broiled pickled pork, hot baking powder biscuits, Cross and Blackwell's chow chow, molasses and coffee. While out surveying, he enjoyed hot biscuits and syrup, frying pans full of antelope steaks, canned corn and tomatoes, stewed peaches with Gail Borden's Eagle brand condensed milk and pie. Roast beef and brown potatoes were popular. People ate much wild game elk, deer, and especially antelope. The pioneer cattleman, A.S. Bud Gillespie, has recalled that his father went out every Sunday to kill an antelope, which he cleaned, covered with cloth, and pulled up to the top of the meat pole in the ranch yard for regular reference during the following week. The Colorado State Historical Society has published Pioneer Potluck, which gives 115 pioneer recipes as valid for Wyoming as for Colorado. Included are recipes for beaver tail, son-of-a-gun stew, and Rocky Mountain oysters. For the few who could afford such luxuries, markets in winter offered such fresh items as salmon from California, codfish from Boston, oysters from Baltimore, lake trout from Chicago, turkeys and chickens from Nebraska, and vegetables and fruits from California. In summer, they had homegrown vegetables. Mrs. E.A. Stone remembered that Chinese trotted through the streets of Evanston offering lettuce, cabbage, and lattice there, as well as peas and root vegetables. Exceptions to the general rule of plain food can be found on a few special occasions. At the grand opening of the Inter-Ocean Hotel in Cheyenne in September of 1875, not a few poorly spelled French words had crept into the long menu. Yet local foods were not neglected, where several Wyoming game items were included, and other items appeared to have been old standbys by disguise. In relation to medicine in the territories, the territories had 30 physicians and surgeons and four dentists in 1880. After a survey, a Cheyenne physician reported in January of 1884 that there were about 50 healers in the territory, 30 of the regular school, 15 homeopaths, and 5 eccentrics. His questionnaire sent to Rawhide Buttes elicited the following response, No balm in Rawhide, no physician here. An occasional suicide seems to be the only exit hence. From Sherman, he got the reply, Jesus Christ is all the physicians in this camp, old school. Many small children died of scarlet fever and diphtheria. Counties provided care for indigent transients, and many of whom 
were described as suffering from the intempted use of alcohol. Year in and out, in the territory of Wyoming, a major destroyer of human life was the Union Pacific Railroad. Locomotive boilers exploded. Bow-roof snowsheds, known as man-traps, cracked the skulls or broke the neck of many brakemen. Trains often collided head-on, less than often, and were rear-end collisions. Paying passengers as well as tramps, bumming rides, fell between the cars. And just for everyone's reference, we're talking about medical. In episode 33 of our show, we had, we talked about, I should say, the Wyoming's first female doctor, Lillian Heath. And she, as we said, she carried a 32 caliber pistol to protect herself. But this was in 1893. As far as another tidbit, the history of Wyoming medical practice and a rather interesting our first female doctor. Thanks for joining us today and we hope you enjoy our podcast. As per the Code of the West, we ride for the brand, and we ride for Wyoming.